a big part of Christmas is reclaiming and reliving the traditions of the past. That's especially important in a year like this one, in 2020, when so many of our traditions are taking a year off. But let's reach back into the memory vault and imagine today our favorite Christmas traditions. Traditions that remind us of when we were kids. And some traditions go back even even farther. As we engage in activities that our parents and our grandparents and even our great-grandparents have passed down to us. One of my favorite traditions in our home is that the kids decorate the tree. When the kids were little, we'd usually go to a tree farm, cut the tree ourselves, and then take turns where the kids would pick the tree. And then after a a sleigh ride and some roasted hot dogs, we would go home. And the kids would decorate the tree. Sometimes they'd ask me the story behind certain ornaments, and I'd tell them that, well, I got that one from my godparents, or I got that one from my aunt, or that one was from my grandma Ella, or that was a gift from Audrey's mom. And then they'd hang it on the tree, and we'd usually set up some train tracks around the base of the tree, and they'd go pick out the engine and the cars that would circle the trees. It went pretty much like that this year, except uh, the oldest of my children are feeling a little too old for decorating, I suppose. But I still love to see my kids decorating the tree and reminiscing about the history of some of our favorite ornaments and traditions. Can you tell I'm getting a little nostalgic? It's easy to do, right? We have great traditions around Christmas. I'm wondering what some of your favorite traditions are. If you're listening to this sermon on the radio, share a few, share a few memories, some of your favorite traditions of Christmas with the people who are in the room with you. And if you're alone in the room, just say them out loud. If you're watching this sermon on YouTube or on Facebook, write those brief answers in the comments. Even just a word or two. Right? What are your favorite Christmas traditions? Thank you for engaging with those traditions today. We have traditions about food. We have traditions about songs. We have traditions about trees and hobbies and caroling and church and gifts and, and everything else. And like no other time of the year, Christmas is the time when we connect with those traditions. We become like kids again. Of course, sometimes the recreation of moments in our past isn't nearly as wonderful as we remember them being so long ago. Sometimes the cookies just don't turn out the way we remember, or not quite the way when mom or grandma used to make them. Sometimes the tree and the lights don't go up as quickly and gracefully as when dad or grandpa put them up all those years ago, or at least the way we remember it, right? Sometimes a global pandemic swoops in and 
steals nearly all of our favorite things about Christmas. Even so, Christmas is about a connection with our past, a reclaiming of what once was. And we want our children and our grandchildren, our nieces and nephews, to experience what Christmas was like when we were kids and then carry those traditions on to their children too. But let us never forget that Christmas isn't just about the past. It isn't just about traditions. At its very core, Christmas is about Christ. And though the story of Christ's birth is a story from the past, it is even more so a story which draws us into the future. In recent days, we have retold the story of Jesus' birth, or in recent moments, if you're listening to this sermon on the radio. And it's a beautiful story. Everything from the angels to the shepherds to the manger to the babe in swaddling clothes, the admiring look of Mary and Joseph. As I remarked more than once uh, in the past, you know, many days, you just can't beat Christmas. But the story goes on. And as it does, it draws us into the future. Right? Let me read to you from Luke chapter 2, verses 22 through 40, the story of what happened after the shepherds went home. When the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for the revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory of your people Israel." And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, This child is destined for the falling and rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be opposed, so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, and then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At that moment she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. 
When they had finished everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. Word of God. Word of life. Thanks be to God. So eight days have now passed in this, from the, the story of Christmas Eve, the story of the stable and the manger and the shepherds. Eight days have passed. And Mary and Joseph obediently now bring Jesus for circumcision, offering two turtle doves as an offering. The appropriate gift for those who were poor, as Mary and Joseph were. And in the temple were Simeon and Anna, two prophets who had been waiting their whole lives for the promised Messiah, And already they have something to say about the child's future. And in fact, they have something to say about the future of the whole world. Simeon, filled with the Holy Spirit, gives praise to God that he can now die in peace because he's seen the child and seen God's salvation. Right, The salvation which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. That's verses 31 and 32 of Luke chapter 2. Simeon also hints at this tension that will surround this child, talking of opposition and, and, and a soul-piercing sword. And with these Few lines, right? It's as if Simeon has moved us from Christmas, already pointing our noses toward Good Friday and Easter. Right? The babe in the manger grew into a man. And this man gathered followers, taught about God's kingdom, preached about peace and forgiveness, healed the sick and the lame, suffered death on the cross, and rose again three days later. And in him, we have hope for the future, right? In him, Christmas is more than a time of nostalgia. It is a time when we dare to think about the unthinkable, about peace and and health and joy and life beyond anything we've ever known, not just for some, but for all, right? In Jesus Christ, we have hope that what grips us now will one day grip us no more. Right? We have hope that the death which haunts us now will one day haunt us no more. And in Christ Jesus, we have this hope, this hope for the whole world, that sadness and grief and hurt and hunger and everything else that's wrong with this present world will all disappear. And we will be raised to new life with him and the Father forever. And so in this continued Christmas season, let us enjoy our traditions and grieve the traditions that we've had to forego. Let us enjoy our connection with Christmas's past, yes, but let us also cling to Christ and the future he promises us, and indeed the whole world. For God is with us, and the fullness of his kingdom with all its glory must be coming soon. Let us pray. Lord, give us once again the joy of knowing and believing in your Son, Jesus. May he be more than a babe in a manger, 
but the Christ who gives us hope for today and hope for the future. Amen.